0: Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when
1: you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to raise
0: up the floor. Reason drop down. Kobe! Oh! up high! Down hard! Kobe brought it. Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That Whoa, basketball ho, ho, ho. will never be the same! <laughs>
1: So
0: that now is the
1: And welcome to another edition of Hardwood Radio, Ben. How are you doing tonight? Very good. You? I'm doing great. A lot of things have going on, and uh, you know how we finished last week's show. How well? Streak is over, unfortunately. And no, they were not. They did not stay unbeaten because of that little minute at the end of that game.
0: Um, you mean against Milwaukee?
1: Exactly. The Bucs, out of all teams, who would have thought the Bucs would have beat the Golden State Warriors?
0: Um, Not me. That's for sure. <laughs> not me. But uh, you know what? Last week, uh, Jeff Van Gundy said on the, uh, the uh, Zach Lowe podcast that... Um, the the Celtics would beat the Warriors and break the uh, and break the streak. They did not beat the Warriors, but they took them in second overtime yeah. and took every little thing, every little bits of energy they had left. And they were the, the Warriors were running on empty um, uh, when they were playing the Bucs. The Bucs have played well. The Bucs have played a competent game. They did what they had to do to win. But they were fighting they were fighting. They were uh, playing a tired team that went in second overtime, that was missing Harrison Barnes, that was playing with a hobbled Clay Thompson. So props to Milwaukee, but the only thing they did was to kill the beast. Like they, they, they finished the beast that was already uh, wounded.
1: No, exactly, and it was a, a great game. Everybody started watching that game. If I, I'm curious to see the ratings this game did on TV because all throughout the game at one point, they had almost like a 20-point uh, winning uh, differential for Milwaukee, so everybody was tuning in. Is it going to be tonight? Is it going to be tonight? Then the comeback, uh, Warriors come back into the game close of close as three points. Uh, it was 70-67 to 67 with a great three points. Everybody was getting pumped. And eventually, the Bucks, the 24-1 and t-shirt crew that was in the stand, <laughs> gave the energy necessary to the Bucs to actually achieve the unthinkable and break that streak.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and the Bucks had could uh, rely on uh, their young superstar, uh, the, well, I should say their young budding superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo, who played a wonderful uh, game, who really uh, stuck it to uh, Draymond Green. Uh, but you know what's crazy? During the streak, um, television channels such as TNT and NBA, NBA TV and ESPN were making space for um, the. Uh, they were making space for the Warriors' games. They were brushing other games aside in order to show the next game of the streak. So uh, hopefully, it will give uh, the uh, the Bucks. The energy necessary to turn their season around because other, aside from this uh, win, it's not a very nice season for them so far
1: know, but if you go back to the Golden State Warriors, what they achieve a 28-game winning streak total with last year and this year combined, a close, only five games to the actual total record. It was actually a very close attempt. What they achieve is great. If you're a basketball fan in the Bay Area, Oakland specifically, you're really in, it's your time. It's the heyday. It's the prime time of that franchise. It's now. It's, it's beautiful what's going on. And it was just great to see all those games on TV, the numbers they did. They're becoming everybody team or all the casuals fans it's becoming their team.
0: Oh yeah, and the word is right now that they're really focused on beating the Bulls record of 72 and 10. Um I think they should uh, they should concentrate on getting better on healing their wounds right now, but hey, you can't blame the guys for being, for being competitors.
1: No, and when you set a goal, maybe you don't achieve it, but if you go close to it, it's still going to be one of the greatest season ever, or at least It's just a great season overall that lets you with a big uh, lead on top of the Western Conference heading to the playoffs. That's home field advantage. And you can rest your starters at the end of the season to get those injuries out of the way.
0: Oh, yeah. But you know what? The craziest part in all that is that their lead at the top of the Western Conference (laughs) is not that big. No, it's true. they're, They're only four games ahead of the San Antonio Spurs who have been Quietly slaying everyone in their way what? and like remolding into another different version of their championship and caliber team.
1: No, as we're talking the 21 and 5, the Spurs, and yeah, outside of this season, any other season would have been a great season for the Spurs. 21 and 5, after 26 games, it's a winning percentage of over 800. That's like amazing. But because of what Golden State did, nobody's talking about the Spurs.
0: The, the Spurs don't want you to talk to talk about them because the Spurs want to rest their star players on every given night. They want to they want to take it easy. They want to figure it out. and so they can stab you in the back in the playoffs. <laughs> That's how they work. Um when they played Philadelphia and they won by fifty one points, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the uh, announcer asked Greg Popovich why, Kawhi Leonard was not playing. Kawhi Leonard is like 23 years old. He said he had a bad Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was. Um, so it, it's it's exactly what the Spurs want. And right now, if you're a betting man, you might want to think about uh, putting a uh, twenty dollars on the Spurs for the playoffs.
1: It's getting close in the season where well, it's getting close. we're in the thick of it where the training rumors are, and it's a day. We we're just talking off here, just starting to uh, before we start in record how today was a crazy day in the rumor mill. Give us what's happening in the rumors, the big rumors, big name involved, and I uh, know we're maybe a couple of weeks away still from the trade deadline, but we're getting in the thick of thing when it's talking about the rumors.
0: Oh yeah! Well, today is the first day of the trading season. Means you can start trading the players you signed this summer, and the craziest rumors started emerging. Usually, it's really calm, it's really uh, slow, and it kind of ramps up uh, at mid-January. But rumors of DeMarcus Cousins changing address, which who is the best center in the NBA, basically. If um, there, are, there are three teams uh, who are courting the uh, Sacramento Kings. There are the Chicago Bulls, there are the uh, um, Miami Heat, and the Boston Celtics. All three teams are good teams with a trade to make, and they will, I think, make a very, very, very strong offers to Sacramento uh, in order to get the Marcus Cousins. It would, it's. The nuttiest thing, but it's possible because Dwarkus Cousins has been rumored to be traded for about three years now.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking at Boston, a team that's seven in the East right now, uh, they're in their division just behind Toronto, but they need that little, maybe that little push, that little umph that a trade could give them, that extra body that could uh, be useful in center, especially if they get that cousin.
0: Uh, They have, they they need that extra push and they have interesting pieces they have a young point guard in the Marcus Smart they have unprotected draft picks uh, which belong to the Brooklyn Nets which are bound to be at least top 10 or maybe even top five so it's it's interesting it's intriguing for Sacramento you got the Chicago Bulls too who have a very strange log jam in the front court where they could clear one or two pieces in order to welcome the Marcus Cousins. They have Joachim Noah who has an expiring contract and who is the shadow of himself since he started having foot injuries. They have uh, young Bobby Portis who could be interesting. They have Tash Gibson they could be who could be moved. Uh, Doug McDermott, even maybe Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is not the player he used to be and he could complement Rajon Rondo in uh, Sacramento.
1: No, and uh, people don't realize when you have, in, in the NBA, when the average of everybody is 6'2", what, what, when you have players very tall like can know when you get an injury, especially to the lower part of your body, especially in the foot area, it takes a long time to heal, to heal properly with the amount of pressure, the amount of physics involved in just them playing basketball.
0: The thing is, with Noah, it's uh, what you call a plantar fasciitis. Oh, it's yeah. an inflammation of the... Uh, of the, the, the tissue under the foot and it's been bugging him it's been hobbling him for several years and he's been playing on it he's been playing on one leg for all this time and his skill level his physicality his level of physicality has started dwindling he is he was I think third in the running for MVP like two seasons ago and right now he's he's not even a starter he's not even started Paul Gasol is, star- is starting at center he overcompensated for,
1: the... for years on the other foot, which exactly. made which made him lose everything else. Eventually, if you overcompensate on your foot, your shot's going to be off by a couple of millimeters when you shoot it, and when it comes to the basket, it's just going to be an air ball. There's a it's physics involved. If you don't have the same balance to feel to the ground, you're not going to shoot the ball properly.
0: Oh yeah, he's he's never had the greatest shot, but his he passing, with, yeah. his passing instincts are now off. He doesn't have the same speed that he had. He doesn't have the same timing in order to uh, get rebounds. Um, he is bound to move. I'm pretty sure he will move before the uh, end of the uh, before the end of the um, uh, trading trade deadline because he has a very movable contract. He's winning 13. He's earning 13 million, and he is uh, on a contract here. but. Um,
1: He's a lone player. He could be a good lone player for a team that's in the close to making the playoff.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking Dallas. Dallas has uh, something that works right now with Zaza Pachulia, but it could be a nice extra piece in order to make a deeper playoff push, I think. No, absolutely. But it's not even the craziest, it's not even the craziest yeah. rumor we've heard today. I was going there. I was like, um,
1: you were telling me off here, there's quite a big rumor coming out maybe from Houston.
0: Yes, but here's the thing: um, the Miami Heat are most certain to lose Hassan Whiteside at the end of the uh, at the end of the year. Um, for those who don't know Hassan Whiteside, he is the latest. He was the latest craze before Kristaps Porzingis last year. They call him Hassanity. He is currently leading the uh, NBA in blocks. With he has a crazy number, I think he has 4.7 blocks a game, or something insane like that. And Hassan Whiteside uh, has a minimum contract right now. He uh, the Heat he don't have the bird rights, so he's going to go to the to the um, highest bidder, which is which like he's going to go to the the first team who's going to offer him. Max contract next summer, so he's gone. And there were these crazy rumors that I didn't give credence first about Houston moving Dwight Howard's huge contract to Miami in order to get Hassan Whiteside's minimum contract and get cap space for next um, next free agency. That's in order to pursue Kevin Durant. This is. Insane, but this is so insane it could be true. So we we'll all go back
1: to: Will Kevin Durant leave Oklahoma next? Well, after next year,
0: it depends. Like it depends if um, Oklahoma City will make it to the finals. They don't look to me like a team or that's going to go through San Antonio or Golden State. So it's going to be up to him. But if he leaves, Houston is a choice destination for sure it
1: always seems weird crazy to me when we're talking about basketball, free agency, where a team, uh, like, aligned their plans and their cap space two years in advance, year and a half in advance when a big name comes, a free agent. It's basically they're, they're tampering and they're actually probably even negotiating before they can because players are friends. They talk to each other. The big decision a couple days ago, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, it, it always feels weird to me where you have, like, players basically having the the big ball in their court instead of usually we're used to the owners having it.
0: Oh, uh, definitely. Um, There's been uh, it's it's starting to change right now because the uh, NBA I think two years ago has signed a 24 billion dollars contract with Disney and Turner Sports for uh, television money. So the players the players uh, which were pretty. Uh, the, the the player which gave up pretty a lot of leverage part of me last uh, uh the, the players gave a lot of leverage last uh, negotiations mm-hmm. they're like show me the money yeah show me the money so the um, so the salary cap has been going up like crazy in the um, in the in the last few years and it's going to go up 30 million next year Wow so the uh, so the, the owners can start Playing their cards a little bit closer to the vest, and not, uh, and you know they're gonna have more options basically.
1: Yeah, because we just mentioned Kevin Durant. If he decides and tell Oklahoma, for example, look, I'm gonna be a free agent in a year and a half. If you don't show me from here to then that you can put this team in a better place, that you can acquire the pieces that we're missing, I'm bolting. So it's basically a guy blackmailing his team. With the decision that who knows, he might even decide to leave anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's where I it just seems weird to me as a uh, journalist who covers other sports and other free agency. They all have their little peculiarities, but but this one is pretty, pretty different than the other ones.
0: Oh, yeah. And the craziest thing about Oklahoma City is that Russell Westbrook might leave soon, too. So, it might, it might, uh, it might take this, the, the, um, The team in a rebuilding phase very, very soon, because if Durant leaves, Russell Westbrook is probably going to look for a way out. Russell Westbrook is a California boy. He he, uh, played his college ball in UCLA. He just made a very generous donation to his alma mater, and maybe he's that player the Lakers are waiting for.
1: We talked about the players. Which team do you think now needs to get better quickly? We have a couple of teams that are on the cusp and trying to battle hard for position in the East and in the West. Which one do you think should actually get better quickly to be able to get that final push and climb the standings?
0: Oh, there are teams that definitely have a trade to make. Uh, Houston have to make something happen. Uh, The Clippers, with their... uh, Completely chaotic uh, rotations in the East. The Bulls have to send at least one or two front court players away. I think Joachim Noah and Taj Gibson are the prime candidates, basically, because Noah is the shadow of himself and Taj Gibson is their front court player with the most value that they don't absolutely need. And maybe the Washington Wizards, too. The Wizards were in a very strong position last year with Paul Pierce in their alignment, but they could never really replace him, and it shows. Like they're they're really uh, they're a really chaotic team to watch this year. Last year they were a lot of fun, but this year they make a lot less sense, and they need to make something happen.
1: No, absolutely. That would be very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of Cinderella stories this year if we're looking at the Paul George, Ray Well, if we take the last week out of the Ray story, <laughs> let's not mention that he has been suspended for yelling, uh, well, homophobic slurs to a referee that after the fact... Has just declared him came out of the closet, uh, Kennedy. Uh, I can't miss his first name, but uh, the referee Kennedy. Bill Kennedy. Bill Kennedy, the referee, came out of the closet after it, and it's just made for a kind of weird story.
0: It made for a weird story because the discussion was not about, um, John Rondo being homophobic. It was about it was about John <laughs> Rondo, whether he knew or not, and decided to call out, uh, Bill Kennedy on one of his secrets. Right on the court. Where which there's microphone is, everywhere. Exactly, which is a terrible move to make. Yeah, that, but that would be what?
1: like, a, let's, let's face it, that's an asshole
0: move. Oh, that's a, that's a dick move. So, but, yeah, exactly.
1: Sorry for our languages, but the, that <laughs> move deserves it. Like, the move deserves it.
0: Oh, yeah, but I'm a fair – I'm really convinced that everybody can be stupid, that everybody has a right to be stupid as long as they acknowledge it and they apologize Uh, Rondo is halfway there. He acknowledged that it was a very tasteless comment, but he has not apologized yet. Um, It's a very difficult situation for the NBA because they suspended him before knowing all the facts. So I think the move would be to really convince Rondo to make a press... uh, to really make a statement said, yeah. or, or press or press conference, and to apologize, or maybe even make a donation to uh, LGBT. Or write, the um, play or
1: something. Yes,
0: or, uh, because uh, because it's a very ugly situation, and it's casting a shadow on this wonderful Renaissance year he's having. He is having a. Like he, it's the John Rondo of hold, which is one of my favorite players. It's Rondo of all from time. Boston.
1: Yeah, it's Rajon Rondo. It's from Boston. Rondo
0: from Boston. The guy who takes quick, bold decisions. He is the guy that makes the crazy play that keeps the ball that keeps the ball alive, and that transforms a miss into points he he is very inspiring he's gambling on defense but it just means that he's not used to play with his new teammates he doesn't trust them yet when they're going to start trusting each other it's going to feel a lot more natural but i can tell when i watch sacramento that the guys are happy to play with him they're curling around screens with energy they dive to the basket because they know whatever they do the ball is going to get there and I'm really, really happy to see the red John Rondo of old. I just hope him, both him and the NBA, are going to find a way to put this really, really ugly story behind him.
1: After Rondo, which other story, Cinderella type of story. Which other glass shoes fit this year for you in the NBA?
0: There's basically two pair of glass shoes I would award. The first is the obvious Paul George. He was out all of last year, he, and he not only he came back, but he came back despite a gruesome leg injury, which usually uh, which usually ring uh, ring the bell on a fighter on a fighter yeah. home, sorry. Uh, ring the bell on a player's career, and he has come back with a vengeance. He is better. He plays smarter. He plays more aggressive. And if Stephen Curry, God bless, gets injured before All-Star break, he is an excellent line for the MVP. He is playing like an MVP right now.
1: Other players are having a great season. I'm not even going to attempt their name. I'm going to leave it all up to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Well, they're they're more, more of a nice surprise because it's very difficult for EuroLeague players to adapt to the NBA. They, it's a very it's more physical league. They get bumped a lot more. They, they're not used to the sense of spacing. they're not used to the very physical and athletic size uh, uh, the physical and athletic style of play. Um, there's two guys who are doing really really well this season. First he is my, he's my player crush this year. He's a seven foot three giant playing for the Spurs. His name is Boban Marjanovic.
1: Boban Bob, let's call him Bob.
0: He looks like a hairless Wookiee. Wow. He is huge. He can run the floor. He plays a very uh, sophisticated and graceful uh, uh, post game. He faked uh, Rookie of the Year candidate Jalalu 4 into oblivion a couple nights ago. Um, he plays about 10 to 20 minutes a, a, a game. But every time he's on the floor, the crowd just in San Antonio just adopted him. Everybody goes crazy, and I think he's getting a kick out of it. The other EuroLeague player who's doing very well—he was the EuroLeague MVP last year. His name is Nemanja Bjelica. He's playing in um, Minnesota. He is one of Kevin Garnett's boys. And he's doing very well. I think he's getting a couple. He's getting a handful of the minutes Carl Towns had in the beginning of the year. Okay. He is a very traditional inside out player, but he gets his buckets, he works hard, and he shows the willing the willingness to play a physical style which pleases the coach Sap Mitchell. So, I'm for all the um, for all the failures that were for our EuroLeague League transfers, these two guys are looking like they're doing the transition just fine. Uh-
1: after Cinderella stories, there's obviously one talking point that comes to mind is the exact opposite nightmare stories. Let's start by the, the the queen or the king of nightmare stories this year, James Harden. Oh, what happened? What's happening to James
0: Harden? What's uh, got into
1: his mind? It like he's <laughs> going insane. I don't know. It's from the outside perspective, guy's losing his mind right now.
0: He he has been dating. Chloe Kardashian this well, summer, so a lot of people. That's peop- what I'm
1: saying. He's looking at
0: his mind. <laughs> so a lot of people saying he's suffering <sighs> from the Kardashian curse. There's another school of thought saying he just partied all summer. He's gonna eventually play himself into shape, but he, he, see, things seems to be at a dead end in Houston. Uh, he is not even providing the leadership expected of him. So it, it's a very ugly uh, start for a player. From who for who there was a lot of expectations, he's fell, he's falling really short of expectations for someone who was tailing Steph Curry in MVP ratings last year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jimmer Fredette, uh, what's his story, and why is he not uh, having a well, why is it season a nightmare?
0: He's not in the NBA anymore, he's not playing in the NBA, he's playing for the Westchester Knicks in the D League. Uh, Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette, four years ago. Was drafted tenth overall by the uh, uh, Sacramento Kings. He, w- he was the great college player. He was the next Steph Curry. He was the guy who stayed four years, the incredible shooter. He's but the Ryan Leaf of the NBA. He might not be as much of an asshole as Ryan Leaf, <laughs> but he's. But he's apparently there was a huge. Uh, attitude problem with him. He doesn't understand why he cannot shoot 30 times a game. He doesn't understand why uh, teams don't turn their offenses to uh, them. So he alienated a lot of uh, coaching staffs over the last couple years. He's been in Sacramento, Chicago, um, New Orleans. The Spurs had signed him for a training camp deal uh, last fall. But things... uh, Craig Popovich, the The Yoda of uh, coaching fell out of love with him quite quickly. So usually when Greg Popovich falls out of love with you means there's nothing left for you to do. So he is in the D-League right now and I think his career is going to die there or somewhere in Europe.
1: It'll be fun when we do the shows, yeah. Ben, to talk about the D League. There's a team in Canada as well now in the Hamilton yeah. region, the, the the 905s, the but, 905ers, yeah, <laughs> the 905ers. Yeah, that's whatevers. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting at least. And uh, Gareth Wheeler mm-hmm. does description, uh, famous Toronto TSN host. So uh, they're on TV usually and on TSN on radio. So it's interesting to see the D League too because it's a uh, less pressure, less covered. It's more. It, it it's not high school basketball, but it has a certain college basketball vibe do it
0: it does um it's a, it's not very well organized right now yeah a is, lot of yeah, teams are starting to buy into it a lot of teams are starting to buy franchises like the raptors for example yeah. or uh the indiana pacers who bought the fort wayne Man- mad ants which are i think the oldest franchise in the uh, d league but it's coming along. Uh, there's a lot more call-ups right now. There's a lot more talent. A lot of undrafted guys end up playing in the D League. So it's a it's a um, improving product. But they still they still have ways to go uh, until they become the American League of the. Uh, of the NBA.
1: But at least it's an option because when you're an example of a player coming out of college and you would like to become a pro even with a smaller salary or in other sports uh, you can achieve that. If you're playing hockey you can go in Europe if you don't make it in North America even in the American Hockey League. But it gives a, another option to become a professional. If you're looking at the soccer side, there's a USL the NSL and the MLS and a lot of teams are buying USL team and those two are, the process is similar in my opinion, then NBA teams getting a D-League team where It is a team that you can mold and Use it for what you need. If you have uh, players to develop, you can put them there. If you have players to just give them a little training stint because they're back from injury, they can have it there. So uh, that type of a uh, relationship between the main team and the development league team, well, it, it, it's just beneficial for the players because if somebody's on the always on the bench, not playing, might as well give him playing time so he can develop, especially if he's young, especially if he's coming out of college. So at least there's that option now.
0: Oh yeah, um, and there's a lot more call-ups right now. There, uh, this, the salaries are still ridiculously low. I think the top salary is twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, but, but at least you're playing you play basketball,
1: right? The, the... Oh
0: yeah, it's better Defin- than nothing. Definitely, definitely, and uh, it's a better, it's a way, it's a better, faster way to get to the NBA too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not like independent, too, because when you play independent basketball in the States, you might get branded and you might be shunned by the other team after. So it's always a there's two sides to that coin.
0: There's a story last year of the 76ers, the immortal, the immortally bad 76ers who signed uh, D-League's Sean Kilpatrick to a 10 year a ten days deal because Kilpatrick was within driving distance of where they were playing. so it's as easy as easy of a way in the nba as it gets of course kilpatrick has went back and forth. i'm not sure if he's in new orleans or he's back in the d league right now i think he's back in the d league because tyreek evans is taking care of the backcourt in new orleans but it's i mean it's as close to the nba as it gets a lot of teams have started just sending some of their players in the D League for one weekend. For example, um, the Pacers have sent Joe Young to play two games uh, with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants uh, on on a weekend, and called him back on a Monday just because he wanted to give him minutes yeah, and to exactly. give him competition.
1: If, if the main team is not playing that weekend, you want because it, it's a weird calendar in the NBA. There's sometimes a couple of days without playing. You can play two, three games in four, five days. So, uh, if you, exactly if you're not playing between those five, six days, and you want your some of your players to continue if the guy's on a hot streak and he's young and wants to continue to progress, send him there for a couple of days. Yeah, at least there's that option and usefulness, and it's better for the future too because they'll create other teams, other markets. And one day, there's probably a market that you would never think about, but is so successful with their D league team that actually gets graduated or promoted in quotes. Don't, don't, don't holler at me, soccer folks. Just saying promoted <laughs> in quotes and type. And they would just get an NBA franchise out of it. So there's a lot of things possible in the next five, ten years for that league.
0: Oh, there's there was this there were discussion, I think, in order to eliminate tanking a couple of years ago of making D League teams like Division Two of the NBA. So basically, if you tank, relegation. Yeah, uh, if if you tank exactly, you can get relegated to the D League.
1: There you go. Uh, hey, so, hey guys, hey soccer folks. Uh, so yeah, but that, that's a good. <laughs> there's a lot of soccer folks in that network. You have to. Uh,
0: a, a lot of uh, uh, the Adam Silver and David Stern before him are soccer fans, and they're trying to take as many uh, well, as many uh, hints. From soccer as they can. They even proposed to have a mid-season tournament a couple of years ago. So like a cup,
1: the NBA cup.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But you know that uh, FIBA for. Uh, Federation Internationale de Basketball Association so the yep. the French international but well, it's not French but it's like FIFA but for basketball mm. so FIBA <laughs> it, it's actually modeling itself after FIFA it's a couple oh, yeah. of dec- it's a couple decades behind still in the organizational process and mm-hmm. basically the the size of its uh, sport in many different countries and cultures but it's getting there there's going to be one day where the states are not even going to be the biggest league of basketball in the world so uh, that they might not be close but who knows in the future uh, there's a lot of things if you look at europe the, the the soccer model has been used for basketball for decades now with oh yeah barcelona and all the big clubs having a basketball team so uh, it really interests me how the international side of basketball is blooming
0: well that's the multi-sport franchise uh, model right I think it's the smartest thing ever because you have only to root for one team. On any sport, you can root for one team. So it, help, it, helps, uh, it helps people. Volleyball,
1: basketball, swimming exactly. sometimes. But exactly, exactly. Yeah, team sport, usually a big club like Barcelona, will be, uh, have those.
0: Yes, uh, Barcelona, which are still in the in the NBA in the, in the EuroLeague of basketball, to one of the uh, strongest teams, uh, CSKA Moscow. I think is a champion right now, but uh, Barcelona is always in the conversation every year.
1: That's going to be another interesting discussion for a show. Talk about Euro basketball.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's that's kind of summertime stuff, you know.
1: Uh, a couple of months from now, after this winter, they we're just going to start one day. We'll talk about Euroleague.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, but I think they finished their calendar a bit later. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was de- most definitely.
1: Ben, thanks a lot for joining me tonight. My pleasure. You like what you heard? Help us do more. Help the Sports Podcast and Network achieve their vision more shows more sports more podcasting more network k- kind of sportspodcastingnetwork.com or patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash sports podcasting network thank you very much and until next time keep watching